to Matt Tate from R1S1 Sports and talk a little Kansas and Houston basketball. First up, uh, Matt, thanks for joining us. And uh, let's start with Kansas and uh, they have 17 and four overall, five and three in conference play. Uh, great for most programs, probably not what they were expecting at Kansas, at least some people. So how would you uh, summarize the uh, Jayhawks 21, three, or 21 games through the season? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. You hit it on the head. And my apologies for being late getting to you here. Um, the, uh, the, the clear, clear thing that I can say about this Kansas team is they are still a work in progress in just about every sense. I mean, they, they have a core group of four guys that are, uh, you know, rock stars. I mean, all Big 12, all American caliber players. They found a fifth starter recently in the freshman, Johnny Furphy from Australia. He's been phenomenal. So the starting lineup's probably pretty pretty set, um, but they, they have major questions on the bench. They need depth. They are struggling without it. They are trying desperately to find it. There are flashes where it looks like it's coming, and then other times where it looks like you can't play any of those guys. So it, it's, that part of it is definitely a work in progress. I think you're right. The, the, you know, three of the four losses they have came on the road in conference play, and that's where they have really dominated this conference over the years. Uh, they've been able to hold serve at home you know, and win at Allen Fieldhouse where it's impossible to play, and then go out on the road and win you know, half their games most years. And, and that usually is good enough to win the conference. So I think the panic comes from – People realizing, you know, okay, they're they're one in three in road games so far. Um, losing at Iowa State, no big deal. Iowa State's ranked twelfth in the country. That happens, and it's happened over and over and over for Kansas. That's a tough place to play. The losses that really got people worried and panicking were at West Virginia, which I think was six and eleven at the time, and, and at Central Florida, which you know no one knew what they were going to be coming into the Big Twelve. They looked pretty good, to be honest. They they. They look like a good basketball team, but no one expected them to beat Kansas. So that's where the, the, the sort of problems come from is those two unexpected losses. But again, like you said, 17-4, and four, a top-10 program. They got a big chance this weekend. I don't think anyone inside the program is panicking or freaking out. I just think the, the fan base is. Uh, why the lack of depth? Is that a surprising thing to you? <clears throat> A little bit. Um, there are reasons. The, the biggest being, you know, they had a fifth starter who was very clearly going to start. Uh, his name was Artario Morris. Uh, he transferred from Texas. He was looking at Kansas when he was coming out of high school. Um, had a really good freshman year at Texas. Uh, great athlete, incredible defender, uh, can shoot the three, you know, brings athleticism like crazy. So he was the fifth starter, and, and they had to kick him off the team for um, – allegations of, of rape earlier in the year and and so you know you hate to even mention him you hate to even talk about that because it's you know he doesn't deserve to be on a team but if he was able to keep his nose clean and they could have used him then everything else kind of falls down right like that that fifth starter that they've been searching for wouldn't have been a search and then those three guys behind him would have been their bench roles would have been clear from the start they could have settled in there a little bit easier not been asked to play as much as they've they've had to play or, or different roles that they didn't expect to play. And, and, you know, it trickles down from there. So it, it really, it really could be broken down into that one simple thing. And it's a big thing, of course. But um, the other thing is, you know, they have a uh, Townsend, uh, sorry, Townsend transfer. Nick Timberlake was supposed to be a big time shooter. He shot 40% in four years at Townsend, a 1600 point score. I mean, 
you know, they were counting on him, and, and his shot has not fallen yet. I mean, he's had like one or two good games where he's knocked down shots, but the rest of the time he's been really kind of, you know, in his own head about it and pushing and pressing and trying too hard and things like that. So if he can relax and find his shot, then that'll help. But um, the rest of those guys are so young and so inexperienced, especially at this level, that it's been hard to find the depth. So a little bit of a surprise, but, you know, this is also kind of how college basketball goes these days. It's really hard to throw to throw together a team in, in six, eight months, you know, when you're, when you're picking up so many new faces and portal guys and all of that. I mean, for every Hunter Dickinson that works out, and he's been phenomenal. Um, you know, you get a guy like Timberlake who, yeah, maybe he didn't quite fit the bill of what you thought he was going to be, and now you have to figure out how to make it work. So it, it's it's kind of what the world of college basketball is now, I think, coast to coast. I don't think it's just at Kansas. But, you know, it's still their job to figure it out. And, and you know, they've got time to. So it, it'll, it will be really interesting to see what happens these next, you know, seven, eight, nine games. Okay, the Big 12 has been college basketball's best conference now for a handful of years. Uh, how has it become this level of play? And also looking ahead, Arizona and Arizona State are going to be join this conference starting next year. I think ASU is going to get crushed. But Arizona <laughs> has really struggled on the road this season in the Pac-12, which is not good anymore. At least this year it's not good in basketball. Uh, how do you think Arizona basketball transfers to the Pac-12 looking ahead? I'm yeah, the Big well, 12 looking ahead. Right, right. No, it'll it'll be great. I mean, it, it you know, that's one of the things as you watch the SEC and the Big 10, you know, fight it out for football supremacy and and obviously, you know, they 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 are the kings of that that sport. Um, you know, one of the things that the Big 12 and and new commissioner Brett Yormark has really focused on is, well, okay, that's fine. You know, we still have some football programs that can compete and We'll take our chances with our guys, but you know what we're going to do in the meantime? We're going to make this the best basketball conference hands down. And so that was a big part of adding Arizona. And, you know, there's been talks about if they wanted to expand any more, can they pick up a UConn? Can they grab Gonzaga? I don't know where those are or if they're ever going to come to fruition or, or not. But, like, that's the mindset, right? They are looking at let's make this undeniably the best basketball conference in America. And obviously Arizona fits right into that. Um, I've always believed Arizona State should too. Um, and, 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 you know, I think there's a lot of underachieving that happens. I, I love Bobby Hurley. Uh, we, we've got a, you know, Bobby Hurley after dark, after dark watch that we do out here because it's usually so late. He's so entertaining late in, late in the night to watch a game. So that's, uh, that's one of the things that happens here in the Midwest. We watch Bobby Hurley lose his mind and, and, and coach his tail off and we're entertained by it. And it's great. Um, so, you know, I, I still think Arizona State has a chance to, to find it. Um, but they better quick, right, because they're coming into a juggernaut. Yeah. And, and you asked about why this has been the best conference. I think there's two things. Number one, they have phenomenal coaches. Um, you know, obviously Bill Self's a Hall of Famer, but you look at so many other guys. I mean, now Kelvin Sampson's in the league with Houston and, and what he's done over his career and at Houston now. Uh, Scott Drew has a national championship. You can go on and on and on down the list. Um, really, really good coaching. And then I think the coolest thing about this conference is, you know, when you turn on a Big Ten basketball game, you know what you're going to watch. Um, a lot of times it's in the 50s or 60s. A lot of times it's kind of stuck in the mud. Uh, there, there's sort of that slower pace, that, that physical game. Uh, the Big 12 has so many different teams that can play so many different styles. And I, I think that usually helps them in March, but I think that helps make it such an entertaining conference because – 
you know, one night you might be able to lock in on defense and win a rock fight in the 50s, and then the next night you may need to score 90 to beat Baylor at their place or whatever it is. And so teams and coaches have really embraced the need to do that and really, um, you know, recruited to that and, and, and game plan to that and strategized to that and all of that. And it, it just rounds them out in such a positive way. And, and next thing you know, they're a team or they're, they're a bunch of teams that, you know, you, it doesn't matter how you play, we can match it. And we've got athletes, we've got size, we've got speed, we can be physical, we can be finesse. I mean, there's so many different things they can do and ways they can approach the game. So most of that comes back to the coaching, but, but you know, that's a credit to the athletes as well. Okay, last up, I want to talk quickly about the game uh, tomorrow against uh, yeah, Houston. Uh, Kevin McCuller didn't play on Tuesday night because of a knee issue. Do we know if he's going to play? And uh, with or without him, what are some of the things that we need to focus on Saturday when we're watching uh, KU and, uh, and Houston play in, Lauren, in Allen Fieldhouse? Yeah, I'll be shocked if Kevin doesn't play. Um, you know, Bill Self said yesterday that it was too early to – to know he's got a bone bruise and I think a knee, um, but he's playing. I mean, there's, you know, he, he I, I think part of the, the, the night off the other night was sort of a strategic, like this seems like a good night. We can give you a, a rest and, and let that thing try to get a little extended healing time and all that. So uh, he's so competitive and, and these are the kinds of games he lives for. Um, you know, he, he's playing. There's, there's very little doubt in my mind. And, and if he isn't out there, I'll be shocked. So uh, they should have their full strength their full squad. And um, I, I think they're, they're in for a fight. I think it's going to be, you know, the field house will be huge because these fans are so smart and these fans are so knowledgeable and passionate that they definitely understand this is a Houston team that could come in here and not just win the game, but, but, you know, could, could put it on Kansas if they're not careful and if KU's not playing its best. So the fans will do their part to make sure that that's as hard as possible for Houston. And um, Houston will be ready for that as much as you can be, but it's it's easier to say you're ready for it than it is to be ready for it. So that six-man thing, you know, sometimes it can be underrated or overrated. And even sometimes it's overrated at Kansas, to be honest with you. But um, very rarely is that the case, and, and certainly not in a game of this magnitude. So I, I think it'll be an incredible atmosphere. Um, two of the things that Kansas has to figure out more than anything is how to take care of the basketball uh, because those Houston guards and the defense and the swarming style that they play defensively is just uh, a nightmare for most teams. And so KU can't – they can't turn it over, period, but, but Bill Self always talks about live ball turnovers, which are the kind that lead to two-on-ones or two-on-nones and – direct easy points you know if you throw it out of bounds you can still set your defense but if you give it to them and you give them a layup um, that's a four-point swing and that's a compounding problem so that is a huge huge factor and that's been a huge key for Kansas when they've kept their turnovers low this year they've been really good when teams have turned them over they've struggled um, even in wins so that that's a huge thing and then self said yesterday flat out that Rebounding is, is the biggest factor in this game. Uh, Houston does such a good job rebounding at all five positions. They're so athletic, and, and then when they can get it and go, which is a Kansas staple too. They want to get the ball off the glass and, and start their break and go, and, and uh, I think Houston does it even better. So, you know, they've got to be really good on the defensive glass to make sure that, that Houston doesn't pound the offensive glass because that's a huge strength for them too. But when they do uh, – force missed shots, you know, 
go get that thing and, and, and then get out and go and, and dictate the pace and make them, you know, play back on their heels a little bit. Because if they can set their defense and work the trapping stuff and things like that, you know, it makes it a lot harder. So I think you should see a wide open wild game. I think both teams aren't afraid to run and, and, you know, that'll be sort of strength on strength. And let's see, let's see who can win the track meet. And, and that doesn't mean it'll be in the nineties because both teams do play good defense, but I think the pace will be super entertaining and the tempo should be electric. And, and uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's a massive, massive game for Kansas. You know, they played UConn who's number one right now. They played, they played them at home on December 1st. And, um, you know, self said, this is a much, much, much bigger game than that was because that was in December and it wasn't a conference game. This is, this is sort of the one that if you get this, you're right back in the thick of the race. If you lose this one, you've got four conference losses all of a sudden at the midway point. Um, Kansas has had plenty of seasons where four conference losses is all they have, and they win the league running away. To have four halfway through would be would be new territory, and and you know uh, it would it would be a, a, again it'd be a nobody would embarrass them for this loss. It wouldn't be like you lost to a terrible team. You know, Houston's really really good, but. I think that panic meter would go up a notch or two. So it's a, it's a huge game for Kansas. And as I said earlier, the fans are well aware of that. And there's no doubt that they're going to do their part, whatever that means. Uh, they, they're loud, <laughs> they're, they're passionate, they're angry, they're vocal, they're, they're on the refs, whatever that means, uh, you know, they'll be there in full spirit too tomorrow. Matt, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. I'm sure we'll be checking back uh, later in the season for sure. Thanks. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. You guys have a great day. Okay, you too. Have fun tomorrow. Matt Tate from R1S1 Sports.